The following program is intended for mature audiences. You're listening to Bottom Shelf Recording Talk. Sounds boring. Oh my, yeah. With your hosts, James Seabrook. Okay, you were paying attention, but the idea is clear in my head, but translating it into English is not. That's brutal. I understand the hypocrisy. And Joey Roach. I don't even know what you do. I was just told you were the man. Some people would say I'm overconfident. That could be my ego talking, though. I'm trying to think of the right word. Oh. Yeah. Must be a tough word. Next subject. Uh, you're bored with this one? You don't hear us gassing on about it. Give you in the horn. I don't think it means what you think it means. By the way, you know, when you're when you're telling these little stories, you have a big mouth. Here's a good idea. What are you even talking about? Have a point. Why are you airing personal matters with complete strangers? It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. It's an aftermarket. Well, and, and and people will people will never ever really understand that. Yeah. You know, I mean the old adage the customer is always right is the dumbest oh, thing. Oh my god. Stupid. I mean, I'm I'm all for listening to the customer, hearing their concerns and and treating them with respect. Yes. But the very fact that the customer is always right. I used to work in this is one of my favorite um customer service stories from back in the day when I used to work in retail. Your were, HMV days? No, this is this is pre-HMV days. Ooh. I think anyway. Yeah, this is pre-HMV days. I was working at, I worked at Radio Shack for seven years before I got to right, HMV. I remember you were. I started at like 14, 15 years old or something like that. Anyway, so I'm, I'm, I'm on my third store. I think it was my third store, but in the Bonnie Dune Mall. And this pompous British ass comes in. And he'd been kind of a regular weirdo to wander in. Um... But he right. comes in, he comes in with this something. I don't even remember what the product was. Uh, the box, he'd reboxed it. Yeah. It was beat to fuck. Like the box had clearly been dragged behind a dump truck. <laughs> I mean, it, but it, it, it looked, the, the box looked barely capable of staying together. Yeah. Opened up the product and whatever it was, was in better shape, but definitely not new shape. Right. And then I, then he hands me the receipt and I'm, I'm already, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm working up my case for why I'm going to tell this guy no, Mm -hmm. but the receipt clearly indicates that it's over a year old, that he's had this over a year. Right. And our no questions asked return policy was 30 days. No questions asked. You could, you could shove it up your asshole and still bring it back and we wouldn't Maybe the manager would have a problem with it, but we have a similar policy, right? You know, and then we even have a we even had a ninety days ninety days exchange policy if something's not working, and then of course our own one year warranty, blah blah blah. And this didn't meet any of those, mm-hmm. and so I, I I I I kind of smirk when I look at the receipt and I and I and I hand him the receipt back and I'm saying I'm sorry, sir, I can't I cannot return this for you. Um. And he, he does one of those, do you know who I am kind of thing, right? As it turned out, he was, he was a local doctor, uh, in the Bondoon neighborhood. So, uh, yeah, I know, but he got super vulgar and he didn't, he, he didn't turn into like a loud yelling, angry guy, but he was like super vulgar and, and pompous and just so full of himself and it, and in his anger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And all I, all I could think of is 
I don't care what you have to say. Just get out of my store. Even, even the manager and the assistant manager of the radio shack mm-hmm. hid in the back until this guy went away. That's how, that, that's how just angry he was. That you wouldn't take this product that's like well over a year old, <laughs> beat the shit. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and I mean, I'm all about, like, I love used gear. Yeah. Half of the stuff that both of us own, at least, if not more, is used at some point. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. it, it's, it's good value to buy used if it's well taken care of. Yeah. But to expect a store, any store, to take it back... With, oh, well. Right? I mean... I know what you're talking about, because we have customers who will call us and be like, uh, can you look on my account and see what it is that I can trade in? And it's just like, mm-hmm. no. <laughs> no. <laughs> you decide what you want to try and sell to us. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you what we'll take. You go through your stuff, figure out what you don't need or don't want yeah. anymore, bring it to us, We'll look at it, and then we'll tell you how much we think we can sell it for, and then you get a portion of that. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) But, and then, like, lately, because we're getting ready for our blowout. Oh, right. Well, we had our blowout sale, but we're getting ready for inventory. And it's been a lot of phone calls of people who are broke because of Christmas and what have you all being like, I want to sell this. I want to sell that. And it's just like, I have to constantly be like, we're probably not interested. If this is a thing that you must absolutely sell right now, I mean, bring it on in, but heads up, we're going to price it incredibly low. Appropriately. We're going to price it appropriately, right? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I had, um, in 2013, I did, I did the first renovation to the studio here. Yeah. Um, and I, and I went to the Long and McQuaid downtown. I bought, I ended up buying, um, I ended up buying, uh, two of the special edition art MPA, uh, uh, uh two preamps. preamps. Yeah. Yeah. I have one. Yeah, they're, they're 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 nice sounding preamps. Mm-hmm. Um, I made the mistake of not burning them in a long time before I really started to judge them, and so naturally the, the tubes sounded harsh and whole and, and cold and 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 they Fair. both they both sounded that way. So I didn't think it was just like there's a bad part or maybe a bad channel or maybe a bad unit. Yeah, you know, I I just it, this is the way it sounds. I'm not thrilled with that. So I took it back, but it was beyond the 30 days. Um, it might've even been beyond the 90 days, but I don't think it was. We and, don't have a 90 day policy. Yeah. So it was, it was probably just beyond the 30 days. Yeah. And, and they were, um, I think it was even Ryan that helped me out. Uh, it was downtown. downtown yeah. Um, he was super, super accommodating in working with me to find a solution. Yeah. We always are. Exactly, right? But the the main thing I did was I didn't go in there expecting them to say yes to anything because I knew I was already past the 30 days. Well, we try to make it clear that it's 30 days. And right. occasionally we might, like if it's a week past those 30 days, it will be like, 
we'll use our common sense and be like, you know what? In this case, yes, we will yeah. do that. But in the future, <laughs> and we'll tell you, we probably won't. Yeah. Well, and 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 again, they were like, like they were super, super helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely lost some money on it, and I fully expected that. They even gave me more. Um, I think they worked it out as like a restocking fee type of thing. Um, yeah, that's or uh, something like that. It's pretty common where it's like, yeah, but if they the were restocking fee makes sense. Anyway. They were super, super gracious in how they did all of it. Uh, because I went in not expecting and being nice, like, and oh. not being a demanding or expecting customer. And that's, that's the biggest thing, right? Is so many, <clears throat> So many customers just, so many people, so many fucking people just demand and expect. They don't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're constantly reminded every week to manage expectations at Long McQuaid. So. Right. It is a lot of telling customers like, this is how it works. Mm-hmm. Don't like that. Sorry, but this is how it works. Exactly. Too bad. Like you're selling your equipment to us. We don't necessarily want it because we have an entire distribution center that can get us here. <laughs> yeah. Well, even, um, do you remember when was that? That was, that would have been October or something. I went in to the, to the South side store. Something like that. And, and talked to Ken, um, trying to, trying to sell a whole bunch of the odds and ends around. And yeah. And he picked and choose the things that we thought we could sell. And then, and then he, he legitimately offered me, uh, for the things that he didn't really want, he legitimately offered me something that he thought he could sell it for yeah. on his end, which is way less than I wanted for the stuff. And so I ended up keeping most of it. Right. And, and that's, that's, that's it. how it works. Exactly. I had no right to get mad at, at, at him because he's just doing his job. The company's policies are pretty clear and they're, you know, they have to look out for themselves uh, as much as they and we're yeah. pretty upfront in being like this is what we think we can sell it for this is what we're going to sell it for yeah and then you get x per, x amount percentage of that which is pretty high yeah we only make like 30 huh. percent yeah there you go unless you trade in then there's a better deal for the you but it is a one for one for that yeah that's fair yeah yeah anyway so it was uh yeah oh how did we get on that topic we were talking about um did you i said something and then you came up with uh your story the radio shack story right and then i was just talking about policies and stuff because did i tell you i lived the the long mcquay life of Telling people that stuff works this way. Did I tell you about the guy that threatened me with scissors? What? <laughs> yeah. So, um, one of the jobs I had after Radio Shack, um, about the time I started at HMV, I'm, I'm, I'm working a I'm working in a service desk around around Canada Day at Chapters in the in the West End, not the West Edmonton Mall, but the West End, the Terralosa Chapters. Okay. Um, and, uh, uh, super busy pre-Christmas rush. Uh, I'm taking on, I'm, I'm taking sales and credit card stuff, uh, at the information desk because yep. it's such a long line, right? Yep. And this big, in my, my memory, he's like 
eight feet tall and 500 pounds of muscle. Right. Right. But he, he was definitely, he was definitely taller and more muscular than me. And I'm like a kind of skinny rum round guy. Um, for those listeners at home that can't see me through the radio anyway. So, so he pays with a credit card Yep, and I'm like 80 bucks, right? He pays with a credit card, but before I run his credit card through, uh, I noticed that there's no signature on the back. It's either been worn off or it isn't even signed. Right. And so I say, can I see your ID? Which is what I'm legally obligated to do based on the contract that I signed as a cashier or whatever person, because well, that's my responsibility. It, it, it's, it's not like that anymore because of, of chip cards and, and yeah, swipe and, 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 and key codes. But if the chip were to ever... Um, not working. You had right. to do the old school way of doing it. You're allowed to ask for ID to make sure that the name matches on what's on the card. And you actually have to, you're actually obligated yeah. now or you were obligated then anyway. Um, anyway, so he gets really, no, he gets really, really angry at me. And of course, based on this contract that I've signed to work for this company, mm-hmm. I'm not allowed to give the credit card back unless he's willing to provide ID. I'm supposed to, I'm obligated to confiscate the card. Hmm. Right. Cause it's, it's not, it's not the customer's card. It belongs to Visa or it belongs to MasterCard or whomever. Yeah. Anyway. So, so, so he gets really insulted, says things like, do you know how much I make? I make six figures and <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And yeah, yeah, right. He started pulling that shit anyway. So, so he reaches forward, give me my damn card. And I take a step back cause I'm, you know, well, it's a I'm defensive of a action. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, he he um, he starts yelling and he starts causing a scene, and you can like I can see everybody behind him and everybody down the line just that is just like woo. watching this angry guy making a huge scene, and then he then he reaches over the counter, grabs a pair of scissors. <laughs> I'm like, oh my fucking god! <laughs> I'm staying as far away from you as I can. <laughs> anyway, he, he he picks up his chapters card and he 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 chops up his chapters card into little tiny bits and right. throws the card and the scissors at me. Not like he was trying to stab me, just just, just like you're piece of shit. Exactly right. And and at this point, the general manager of the store shows up and asks what the problem is, and he gets yelled at as well. And 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 he looks over to me and he says, "Give me the card." <laughs> And so I hand him the card because it's no longer my responsibility. He gives the card back, just gives the card back to the guy and the guy leaves without his books. And, and I never worked, I never worked cash again. He didn't ask me my side of the story and just never worked cash again. Yeah. Well, it's, that's a pretty common thing for those big of corporations of just, if a customer complains, do whatever they want. Right. Yeah. And I mean, in, in, in the grand scheme of things, that's good business because the money they'd lose arguing with Visa or MasterCard well, is, it, it's is more of just yeah. solve the problem immediately for whatever. And then because those level of paid employees are a dime a dozen, essentially, it's just like, we don't care what your side of the story is. Well, and, and, and that's, that's there's another the, person who will take your job. But that very thing has now caused me to tell that story to a lot of people. And I myself have been avoiding chapters for 15 plus years now. Just because... I don't go to chapters either. 
but I don't go to chapters because I had bad experience at chapters. I don't go to chapters because I miss their book sales. Uh, yeah, I, I just don't go there because there's never anything that interests me. They only get like the popular books. And I enjoy some indie books and stuff like that that aren't necessarily well-known right. or authors that are not necessarily well-known. Like, even their comic book section sucks. Well, I've never thought of them as a comic book store. I didn't even know they had comics. Uh, some of the locations have comic books. Like no the kidding. West Edmonton Mall location here has a really? section for comic books. That's pretty cool. But the, despite the fact that there's like three or four rows or whatever, it's like... Not a good the only selection. stuff you can find there is stuff that was popular at some point or is currently right. popular. Well, and, and and that's fair because they're not they're not dedicated to it, so they're not going to have the little, yeah. the the niche stuff. And but even like their fiction novels and right. stuff like that, it's just like what um, is there a bookstore in town that uh, that deals with some of the niche indie stuff that you're into? Not that I'm aware of. Okay. Uh, is there uh, I, yeah, I usually online? rely on like friends or okay. what have you to be like, here, read this book, you might like it, and then I read that book. Right. That's usually how I go about it these days. And then as far as comic books go, Wizards is my go-to. Where are they now? Um, the one I go to is on 109th, just north of White Ave, oh, yeah. uh, by yeah. Remedy Cafe, or actually same building as Remedy Cafe. So mm-hmm. like the old movie. They're in the old movie store, yeah. Store? Yeah. 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 So I go there. Cool. For the m- most part. And then I occasionally go to Warp. Are they still across from the shoppers? Um, beside uh, Ooh, uh, Warp? Yeah. Like, the, like on 83rd Ave? What is that? 81st Ave? 81st Ave? Warp is on 82nd Ave. Are they on the strip now? Warp 1 is on the strip, yeah. Okay. They have, I think, three locations around town. What's that one by, um, across from the shoppers? You know where the shoppers is on, on, um, 81st Ave and, uh, I think it's the shoppers. 81st Ave and, or, yeah, 81st Ave and Calgary Trail. There was a huge like the that was the big comic and game store when I moved into town. I don't think there's one there anymore. Okay, but Warp is the big one in town. Yeah, and I I, I I'm pretty sure it was a Warp. Okay, but they were off they were off the Ave because cheaper rent. But um, and they were what's the name of that that cafe that's there? Cha Island. Like that's still there. Yeah. Yeah, they started up a year after I did, but... That, like, three-block radius is, like, nothing but cafes. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay, though. Like, that's, yeah, the, that's, it, that's it, the area just of town for it. It's funny uh, that it's, like, all the cafes on White Ave are clumped together. <laughs> <laughs> With the exception of, like, the really big corporate cafes that I don't go to very often. Like second cup, I only go there when I'm coming here. Right. Uh, I don't go to Starbucks because I don't like burnt coffee. Right. You don't I like don't, the coffee I make then. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, yeah. Your coffee still tastes better than Starbucks coffee. 
you should see the disaster I made of this coffee machine this morning. Apparently, I plugged the uh, the uh, stopper at the bottom of the of the coffee grounds drip thing. You know what I'm talking about? I yep. don't even know what it's called. The bucket that sits above the coffee pot. Didn't you want to pl- talk about plugins today? We're like halfway through. Are we? We're only twenty minutes in. That's near halfway through. <laughs> okay. Okay. I did. I did, but I was kind of stalling because we were supposed to have a guest who clearly is not showing up because he's an hour late. Okay. Yeah. Um, He'll show up when we're finishing. Probably. Yeah. He. I mean, he even advertised on social media that he was coming here to do this so that... Eh, I, I know, right? Whatever. It happens. Yeah. We're musicians. You when are we ever on time? He did He did complain about the early hour. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well, I had a late night. I still made it here. I mean, I was late, but I still made it here. <laughs> I almost, I was this close to starting without you. If I hadn't stumbled across that, that Metallica Lady Gaga thing. Um, uh, it would have been like five minutes in and then probably, I show up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, one of these days, one of these days, that's going to be a regular occurrence. It'd be like the Joey and halfway through, or the the James and halfway through Joey show. <laughs> so what did you want to talk about? Plugins about? Um, well, it, you know what? It had to do with our guest. That was that was one of the things that I wanted to pick oh, his brain is on. What he anti plugin or no? No, he um, he was going to book the studio for a mastering gig um, uh, specifically because he thought I had a certain piece of software that he uses at home, but working with the particular client he didn't want at home. And what? so, yeah, whatever, whatever client it was wanted to be part of the session or at oh, least wanted to be part of like the, so like it's the, a, it's a, okay. So the yeah. client wanted to be, wanted to attend. Yeah. Right. Anyway, and so, he didn't want the client at home, so he, okay, that makes a lot more sense. And and specifically, uh, specifically, um, he uses ozone uh, isotopes ozone, which I love. Yeah, it's, it's solid. Yeah, but I have I have version five and version seven. I don't have version six. And he uses six. He uses six, which doesn't translate. That's I don't know why software companies six do that. Sucks. But, well, see now at he least was in my opinion. It he sucks was this is. It, this aesthetically been, looks ugly. Seven doesn't look much better. Seven S- looks better than six, though. It does. Okay, in my opinion. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'd rather I, use seven. I I hate I, the I, I, I hate the look of seven too. I definitely prefer the look of five. At yeah, I mean five uh, five looks like a machine that I could reach out and touch. Yeah, like se- six. That's six, what they, I want out of my software. Is I want it to kind of look I like know. the analog six stuff. Six looked like I was reaching out to touch a cartoon, and then seven made it a little better but still it looks like i'm reaching out to touch a cartoon uh, i don't me, want the touch I screen look. six was like yeah i guess touch screen would work but i, I felt like it's a sci-fi yeah, screen right? and and that's the that's the whole I thing i hate about that. uh about ableton specifically is the whole look of ableton is oh that's kind of probably that why they did it because ableton's like kind of popular right now yeah yeah that, that I, I i believe that yeah that's probably why they did it. 
I've noticed like a lot of DAW companies are doing that where it's like, let's make this for the songwriter and then hide all the things that the audio engineer wants. I know, right? That's exactly that's exactly what happened to Cubase when they transitioned from six to seven and they yeah. redesigned the mix and then window. Hide the fucking they, invert phase button, which is stupid. Well they didn't. Yeah, yeah, you're no, you're right. You're right. They hid everything. They yeah. absolutely everything into collapsible menus so that the window is infinitely resizable so that it can fit on any laptop screen. Which mm. pisses me the fuck off because I have three fucking screens here that I want to spread things out and I want to see exactly what I want when I want to use it. I might, in fact, go so far as to just start going back to Cubase 6. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. I mean, I like Reaper because I can yeah. customize it and then have it so that default, it shows me everything Harrison, that I want to see. Uh, I, I've been... I've been uh, and Harrison, that... Looks cool. They that is had, what I would like out of a DAW is something that looks like a mixer. They just had I mean, that's a, what I did with um, Reapers made it look like a mixer. They just had a huge sale on their on their Pro One, the thirty two C. Yeah. Ninety nine American um Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And I, I passed it up because it's gonna be May until version four comes out, and that's the one that has VSTs. Oh, okay. So VST support. But uh So they were pushing it try and get people and then i wonder if they would get a free upgrade or not see that's the reason i didn't i didn't pull the trigger is is they'd they they did a they did a huge sale on on the basic version just the um yeah. xbus 3 i guess uh, um, i buy a DAW, i'm always buying the pro exactly right uh but they did that with the with noting in it that if you buy if you buy now you get the upgrade when it comes out but when they released, when they did the sale on the, on the, on the big boy, mm-hmm. they didn't have that same note in the email. They didn't have anything referring to it on the website. So it was and unclear so it was like, as to if you get the free upgrade. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to spend a hundred dollars now to have to spend 250 or $300 for an upgrade price later. And so I just said, I mean, I just passed on it. Yeah. I'm definitely getting into the whole mindset of like, if I don't have to upgrade, I don't. I used to upgrade all the time because it was like, I need to be up to date. But as I hear stories from um, other people who've been doing it for a lot longer than I have, it's just like, you know what? It makes, that makes complete business sense to just hold off buying anything unless you absolutely need it. I was forced into upgrading to Pro Tools 12 by the school that I, that I teach with. Yeah, well, because all their students, I was still on 10 and there's enough differences between 10 and 12 yeah. that the students needed to be able to. they're playing catch up. Yeah. And so they're actually releasing good features with every release. Yeah. Although, although I missed the, here's our guest. I missed the, uh, I missed the upgrade, um, the, the, the last round of upgrades in November because my, my upgrade plan expired right then. Oh, you're not at all who we thought you were. Um, all right. Joey, take it away. Should I just uh, pause? Yeah, sure. Okay. Pause. <laughs> that back. That's the, um, <clears throat> that's officially the first time we've stopped this in the middle of it since, uh, since we started doing it this way. Interesting. And, and that's, that's 
further proof why I sh- we should just always lock the doors, even if we're expecting someone. But then at, at the same time, I would have, I would have said, Hey, you should, uh, fill time while I go, I go answer, answer the door. The door. It's probably the mail. Not in this case, but <laughs> <laughs> ready when you are. Um, yeah. What, what were we doing? Where were we going? Ugly software. Oh yeah. Fuck. Anyway, we're not recording, are we? We are. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Good. <laughs> I figure why, why, uh, why try to hide the fact that <laughs> our recovery right? isn't all, you know, my recovery anyway, <laughs> you recover fine. Okay. You're like, I was just sitting here. Hurry up, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the ugly software thing. I don't know where else to go with that. Um, mm. both of us, both of us like software that looks nice. I, I like looks, looks having all of my tools right there and easy to use when I need them. Well, and, and which and, often means I need it to look like a mixer. I even find um, the the software instruments that I enjoy working with are the ones that actually look like, like a piece n- of gear, like a piece of gear. Like it looks like knobs. It looks like looks like something that the knobs are attached to. Yeah. You know, the one, um, I can't remember what the, what the one in Pro Tools is that I enjoy, but it, there's, they got this old analog retro synth that, uh, it, it, it's got, it's got three tubes in it that light up as you drive it harder, you know, which yeah. I know is just, it, it's just, just fancy cool graphics, but thing to see for sure. Yeah. But it, but I mean, that's part of my enjoyment is, is the knobs look like knobs that I could reach out and turn and, there and some software that I use, like a lot of, um, the Reaper default stuff, like that stuff doesn't look pretty. But for me, whenever I use the Reaper stuff, it's just like I'm doing a simple function. I just need this thing to do this function. Yeah. And the the Reaper uh default plugins are good for that. Yeah. Not investing money to have a fancy interface for something where it's like, oh, I just need you to uh what's the thing? I just need this to uh right. side chain or whatever. Right. Like if all I need is a side chain compressor, I just use the Reaper compressor. And then you're good. And I've had people who know very little and they're like at the beginning steps of recording, like look at me and be like, Oh, you use that? That's a piece of crap. It's just like, okay. Well, you hear the results, right? And you hear how, you know, that snare sound that was buried before is now all of a sudden pops because I use this piece of shit compressor (laughs) (laughs) well and 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 that's it's it's so weird that 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 happens you know but it's well it's just like my tbx uh 266 i've had people like i've told people that i use uh outboard compressor for certain mixes that i've done and like because they were asking what did you do i was like i used an outboard compressor blah 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 but I don't tell them what compressor was and they'll be like, oh man, whatever compressor that was is great. Yeah. DBX 266 XS, which apparently is a piece of shit compressor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you know what? You know what? On, on the right source, everything, everything works good. I, um, well, if it didn't work, I wouldn't use it. I would like, it would be 
okay, this didn't work. I thought it would. Yeah. Let's use something else. Right. Right. But it worked. Mm-hmm. And it's a cheap $200 stereo compressor slash gate. We're using, we're using a very expensive compressor today on the mics. Um, yeah. I mean, SL. the expensive stuff is great because <laughs> it has character. But that's all it is to me. Like those expensive compressors out there, those are character machines for me. Well, see, and and I I find I find the some of the expensive things that I tend to gravitate towards, like the 160 SL. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, that one's all about all about how clean it is, how lacking of character it is. Yeah, and I would invest money if that's something I was looking for. You know. Right. Compressor. Right. Sometimes though, all I'm looking for is something that just gets the job done and I'm not looking for anything other than, you know, this compressor just better manage the peaks and stuff like that. Yeah. Which case is like, why would I invest a thousand bucks in a compressor to do that? (laughs) Just anything that works. Yeah. Well, and that's the 266 for me. Exactly. Exactly. It seems to work. Um, if I need something nicer, I'll use the 166 or the 160. 160A. The 160A? Yeah. Yeah. I'll probably buy more DBX compressors because I keep sending I've yet you. to see a DBX compressor that I don't, or I've yet to use a DBX compressor that you don't really like. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it might be indifferent to it, but it's mm-hmm. like indifferent to a point where it's still useful. Right. Like the 266. I'm indifferent to that compressor, but it gets the job done. Yeah. And thus I'll probably invest into more 266s because it's dirt cheap and it does a job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have been VCAs as a rule VCA compressors, because they're the most common type of compressor. They're the most populous. Um, I've been staying away from them. I mean, I have the three that I like. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a couple others that are, you know, functional. They do their job, but they're not the thing that I would default to. Right. You know what? No, I am. I've been trying to make up my mind on a whole bunch of different things. And I just think I, I, I think I just did. That's a good feeling. I'm going to, yeah. Okay. Thanks he made up his mind for now. <laughs> well, on the, I, I know how it works, James. I I've, know, I know. I've there's, known you for a million different couple years. And... <laughs> Later today, yeah. you'll be like, I changed my mind. You'll send me a text. And it'll be like, what do you think of this versus this? <laughs> <laughs> right? Fuck. Yeah. Um, I got a multiband compressor. Like a like a hardware unit. Yeah. Did you see that? I should just text you the pictures. You can go over there and look at it because it's like 10 feet in front of you. But um, well, I can look at it after. Yeah. It's, um, it's a fixed threshold unit. Fixed threshold. Well, yeah, that's... I actually kind of like that in compressors. Sure. And I usually drive signals hot enough that I'm above the whatever fixed threshold is anyway. 
See, I'm, I'm, I'm the exact opposite. I always have to drive signals hotter than I like to get into the threshold. Well, it, I think it comes from me having used a lot of fixed threshold mm. uh, compressors. So it's just, I've learned to push signal right. hot, hotter to That's fair. get it into the, the whatever unit I'm going into. Yeah. See, and, and I'm, I, I, I grew I up on... I complain when a thing doesn't give me enough gain. <laughs> I've always grown up on VCAs. And I, I don't even think I used anything but a VCA until, God, I was in my 30s. Um, and so it, for me, I'm just... I'm so used to bring my threshold down to the signal yeah. and then let me uh, let me readjust my gain stage. That's fair. Yeah. And, and, and so the, the whole idea... A lot of, of those... I actually took... I actually bought uh, 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 a FET compressor. I think it was the Toft one. Um, 2011-ish, end of 2011 maybe. And I took it back to Long and McQuaid. It was a used piece of gear. Mm -hmm. But I took it back to Long and McQuaid, said, like, there's something wrong with this. I just, like, I can't figure it out. You guys, cool. Like, I, I maybe had it a week. Yeah, right. It's cool if I bring it back. And, and the uh, guy behind the counter looked at me like, are you just fucking retarded? <laughs> are you, are you so slow that you couldn't have figured this out? Cause this is a beautiful piece of gear. And I just, you know, it was, it was a full year later before I figured out how it worked. Well, f figured out how to, how to be comfortable with it. Cause I mean, I'm the one knob at a time guy. But with the, with with the with the fat compressors, the fixed thresholds, you got to turn it up and turn the gain oh, down at the same yeah. time, right? Yeah. Just to just to maintain your. Anyway, so. Yep. That that took some getting used to. I like them now. I have four, four of them now that I enjoy, but. Yeah. Anyway, those are usually the biggest knobs on the unit too. Sometimes the only knobs on the unit. Sometimes, which makes them <laughs> wonderful when that's the case. Because it's like, not only is it a fixed uh, threshold, but uh, fixed attack time, fixed release time, yeah, um, fixed ratio, and then it's just turn up, turn down. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I kinda, that's pretty much why I like the LA3A pretty much. It's just all it is is like turn it up, turn it down. Mm -hmm. Everything else you don't deal with because it sounds great. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right? Did I ever tell you that I had I had some LA fours here for a while? Really? Yeah. They I, neither of them worked. There oh. was there was some something wrong with the. Uh, both of them had problems with either the input transformer or the output transformer that was going wonky. Um, I sold them to Brizot. And then he probably the fixed guy. them. He sold them to Kirkwood. Oh. Who fixed them. Yeah. And sold them for three times what I sold them for. But he also put the time into yeah. fixing them. Yeah, for sure. But I got them for free. A stereo So you still profited. For free. I did. I did. But at this point, I'd much rather have them. In a working state. In a working state, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Because they were they were original. They were they were they were Yuri's. Mm. Had been sitting in a radio station for like thirty years unused. Man. Yeah. 
And what, the radio station closed and they just gave them to you? Radio station, well, the radio station, this was the chorus, uh, chorus, right? Uh-huh. Six or Ched, whatever. Um, they were going through a downsizing in all their, all their outboard gear because no one was using it. They'd, they'd moved over to Pro Tools. Uh, they uh, weren't using any outboard yeah, gear. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. They even, in one of the studios, they even downsized the mixer from uh, $80,000 digital Sony mixer from the 80s. Right. It was a beautiful piece of thing, but it was so old and unmaintained. They downsized that to a Behringer little three-channel unit. <laughs> That's all you really need. But... I know, I know, but... <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And and now I've um they the other studios had um Yamaha DM one thousands, I think, or maybe they were the the O one R or O two R. O two something. Right. They were one of the digital Yamaha consoles. Um and they've downsized all of those to to just USB um USB interfaces. They don't even have uh Oh no 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 no. They got rid of those because they just started using the um, uh, monitoring through Pro Tools when they need to monitor, and um, just the uh, the four channel uh, Avid um, interface, like the rack mount, mm-hmm. that two space four channel thing. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, so they were getting rid of a whole bunch of gear, and they literally got rid of I don't know. $200,000 worth of gear for damn near nothing. $15,000. Yeah. They were selling, they were selling U87s. One of the on-air hosts on Kissin uh-huh. bought eight U87s off them at $800 a pop. That's a good deal. A very good deal. Especially if they're the vintage ones. They were all pre-84. 84. Yeah. Um, and I think the, 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 they changed the manufacturing process from the U87 to the U87A in 86. I dislike the numbers of those. Because the U47, it's called a U47 because it was released in 47. Right. And the 67 was released technically in 1962, I think it was. But they, and they initially called it the U62 or something like that. (laughs) But they changed it to 67 because it was based off the 47. Oh, yeah. And the 87 is based off the 67. Yeah. And they just keep the 7 in there because it's based off of the thing before it. It's just, I hate the numbers because there are, yeah. The 87 was released in the 80s. I can't remember the exact year it was released. Well, the, no, the 87, the 87 was released in the 70s. Because there's, there's U87s that date this. back to... Google it. There's U87s that date back to maybe as early as The naming scheme for the U series was supposed to be like... The 47 was in the 40s. The 67 was 60s. The one that I have is serial number 1981... And it's one of the old. It's it's one of the newer units of the old, the old manufacturing. Yeah, I'm still going to Google this so I know exactly what year the eighty seven yeah, came fine. out. That's fine. Um, 
I'm going to wait for you to Google this. But talking about outboard gear, you're just making me think of like the thing I thought of the other day of, I want a couple EQs, outboard EQs. I'm thinking the pol- the warm audio Poltec. Oh yeah. And then maybe a, a parametric of something else. Yeah. Maybe two channels of parametric. Only one channel of the Poltec because I don't see myself needing more than one ever. You wouldn't you wouldn't run your, your stereo mix through through the Poltec? Have you okay, speaking of speaking of I don't know. Have you seen heard anything about the Clark Technic versions of the Pultec. Uh, basically, uh, um, it looks like Clark Technic, who is owned by Behringer, has purchased the design of Warm Audio's Pultec and the Warm Audio's uh, 1176. So it might and even be releasing, made They're cheaper? releasing their own. Oh, they are cheaper. Huh. Yeah. Do they and, have the Sedmeg? They're claiming they're using Midas transformers. Midas transformers instead of instead Sedmeg. of Cinemag, yeah. And so I, I don't expect them to sound the same at all. But I'm really curious. Uh, they're probably made in China, which um, the warm audio stuff is made in China anyway. Um, but uh, I'm definitely going to look into them. I like the look of them too because they're going with a white face instead of the black, black face, face and the and the blue face. Oh, the, for the Poltec. The Poltec is blue, yeah. I, I was confused there. But the Poltec is a b- ugly blue thing. Yeah, I know. Bluish green thing. What are they going with? Just white, white. Poltec? Just, just white with black knobs. I don't know if I'd like that. It's kind of the Clark Technics, like the old Clark Technics thing anyway. It was kind of this this matte white with with black. Like You, you saw the EQ I got upstairs, right? Yeah. Yeah. You want that for your uh, parametric? It's a great little thing. I wish yeah. I had space for it in the rack. Okay. The A version of the U87 was introduced in 1986. That's what I said. Um, and the I version. Although the basic U87 design dates to 67. There you go. I dislike that they did that. To some extent, because <laughs> now that I know that the U forty seven was called the U forty seven because it was released in nineteen forty seven and it was only made for six years. Yeah, and then the the sixty seven was made to replace it. Right. Yeah, I thought the I thought the um, the U forty nine was made to replace it. The U what the U well the U forty eight was the first improvement in nineteen fifty three. The U forty nine was another improvement a couple years but later. But they were still making the 47, I think. No, they? They, they, start, they stopped production of the 47 in, in 50. You know what? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go find all this stuff out. I'm going to write it down, and on the next podcast, we'll do a history lesson. Okay. Yeah. I just know that the 67 ended up being the replacement for the 47. There was probably some models between there. Yeah. Maybe it was just the one that... Well, and, like, and, and I... What I what I remembered was was the the actual the quote unquote improvements that they made on the forty seven weren't actually improvements. They were technical improvements, but not sonic improvements. Yeah. And so they tried to come back to it with the sixty seven. Okay. But the sixty seven is the two version, this, right? No. 
67 is 47 not. is the tubes version unless you get the FET the FET uh 47. Right. Um but which the, they take out the tube. I'm sure the 67 is a tube version. Uh 67's not a tube version. Solid state. Are you sure? Huh. Okay, no, you're, you're, you're positive. probably right. I know I know the 67 needs its own I've power supply. Never used a 67 so uh, yeah. I could very I've only ever must be wrong. I've only ever seen one and it's probably just been in pictures. I probably haven't actually seen one in person. Yeah, I don't know. Um U sixty seven. I, I didn't think it was a tube mic. But uh I'm I'm gonna admit if I'm wrong, because that's what I do. Are you yeah, that's true, you do. Recording hacks. Yeah, I was gonna say, where are you going? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I I am on recording hacks. Because they are the ultimate place. If you want to know anything about a microphone, go to Recording Hacks. I'm super. I'm super sad that that Matt hasn't been able to maintain that. Um, we are talking. Um, I think. Oh, it's a weird one. The 67. The U67 is a multi-pattern large diaphragm condenser microphone with a tube and transformer. Oh yeah. Okay. So yeah. See, I thought it's kind of like a hybrid. <laughs> I remember the I remember the the eighty seven being the solid state version of the sixty seven, which I remember having a tube, or I remember hearing that it had a tube. Yeah, there you go. I didn't think it did. Although I mean, they made tubeless versions of the forty seven, and I'm sure they probably did the same for the sixty seven. Possibly, I just don't know what that microphone would be. Well, the um, the the end of the, um, what it was that in two thousand five they released. They started their TLM line of mics, the transformerless microphones. Yeah. And the 103 and is impressive. I like the 103. The, the TLM 67 is the one that I want. Of that entire line, the 67 is the one that I want. I wouldn't mind getting the re-release of the U47 FET. Mm-hmm. I just don't want to pay $4,000 for it. Exactly. Exactly. I'm happy with the, with the 47 we have. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. No. cathedral pipes. That's what two grand for one of those? Three, okay. Yeah. Including delivery, the it was it's like twenty five American um, plus Which delivery. McQuaid um, tributed them. Well, that's that's the thing is I know I, they don't he, have distribution. He, he makes them by hand. I know in his garage. I know. <laughs> 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 want him to make them in a factory. He even makes his own capsules. They wouldn't be as good if they made them in a factory. Yeah, I know. Right? I know it wouldn't be as good, but I want to take advantage of my financing abilities at my place of work. That's fair. Do you guys not... <laughs> and you, my discount. Do you guys not have any um, any line that carries a 47 clone? Uh, we probably do, but it's probably still four or five grand. Audio-Technica carries a... a a 47 FET clone. That's the 4047. Is it? Oh. Yeah. 4047, that makes sense. I've never looked into it. Um, I've, I haven't I've, looked into many audio technical stuff. I've been really into the Austin microphones as right. of late. Like I'm, I'm trying not to order the new microphone <laughs> right now. You're talking about that weird new pencil microphone with the laser pointer? The Starlight, yeah. I would 
Does it have to be plugged in to use the laser pointer? Uh, it runs off fountain power. It does, which okay. you need anyway to run the microphone. I know, but I was I was thinking like that they would be the kind of thing that I would keep in my pocket to use as a laser pointer, and then when I wanted to use it as a microphone, I'd pull it out of my pocket and set it up as a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm currently thinking of buying a match pair. Uh, normal person price is eight hundred bucks for the match pair, and it comes with uh, shock mounts. That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, but really good shock mounts, too. Okay. Like uh, Rycoat or yeah. whatever that brand is called. Can't. I fucking hate them, um, but they work, they work really well. Well, it is a good shock mount. Yeah. And Austin has a deal with them where they get them in purple. Instead of Cathedral like, Pipes red. has a deal with them too, too, yeah. where they get them, they get them to match the color of the microphone. Yeah. Um, eBay says watched item ends in 14 minutes. Summit Audio DCL 200 compressor. Um, Do you need more compressors? I, I, I would love another stereo compressor, um, but I don't need another stereo compressor. What I really want, what I really want, is a, is a couple more, um, a couple more uh, VCA compressors. So that I can use the mastering compressor on a stereo bus, and I can still have yeah. a couple of yeah. I not want that I'm, to get that I'm gonna, three to four channels of EQ, and then probably another six to ten channels of compression. That's fair. That's fair. And have all your probably, basics covered out there. Yeah, that's mostly what I want it for. Is just just workhorse compressors that I, aren't too expensive. I, Let's dive and then into I'll this. need some preamps. Let's let's dive into this. I've been having I've been having this um, this debate with myself and with Roland because he wants to like he uses the gear that I have here and yeah. he gets really excited wants to buy some of his own. Yeah, doesn't have any money, so yeah. he wants to go cheap. And yeah. I keep talking him out of going cheap because the stuff you have in your computer, the simulated stuff, and you have in your computer sounds better than the cheap stuff. Yeah. you would buy so why would you buy cheap? So what would you buy for your six to 10 channels of, of compression? Let's start there. Uh, I'm thinking of buying two more two sixty sixes, So that'd be four channels there. What would you, what would you use them for that where you would think that's better than what you have on your computer? They're just general purpose compressors, compressors really. But that's what I mean. Like, and what it's would just you... so that I could control levels going in. That's all I, I'm using them do for. Do you do you use enough? Do you use enough, um, or do you do enough recording in your space to warrant it? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. As long as, as long as we're clear on that, <laughs> <laughs> I'm well aware that these are not the best ideas, and I'm probably <laughs> not going to be bo- investing in these for another couple of years. Right. Uh, it's. Probably one of those things where if like a something comes along where it's like I'm gonna have my own space, then I'll probably be like, okay, if I'm gonna have my own space, I'm going to invest in preamps, compressors, and a couple channels of EQ. Right. Well, and 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 that makes sense if you're if you're doing it for the live thing. I mean, that's of the cheap stuff that I have. That's the reason I have the cheap stuff is so that I can I can still have that number of compressors yeah. on the way in. And that's what it is for. It's just general purpose. 
these aren't necessarily right. So I was thinking 266 would be good for that because they get the job done and they don't sound terrible. Um, How much are they per channel? Well, they come in stereo units and they sell for, I think it's like 250, 300. New? New. Really? Yeah. They're that expensive, hey? Yeah. Um, I mean, so compared on, to on your $2,000 single channel, yeah. like 1176s and stuff like that, like That's they're fair. dirt cheap. Yeah. And I mean, I'm essentially I'm paying that much for a plug-in. You could um you could upgrade on that. If you're buying used, you can upgrade on that and the uh the DBX 1046 um that's the 4-channel U version of their of their higher-end series. Uh, they sell for like 550 600 new. Right. Um but on the used market they go for like 150 to 200 bucks. Right. For a 4-channel unit. Hmm. That might be that might be a better way to go if you're the yeah. one thing the one thing they lack because they're a four channel unit they don't have they don't have a custom attack and release it's um it's well, faster slow five hundred dollars for a four channel unit is still that's actually and and on if, par if not cheaper than the two sixty sixes per channel and they'll they'll probably sound sonically more neutral. That's the big. That's the big thing about the about the two sixty sixes that people complain about is they they do have a sound, right? Like um, I can't remember if it's a if it's an upper mid push that they have or or like like the Personas Blue Max, those old, older thing. They have a really honkiness that comes out, especially the more you push them, right? Uh, Which is all just bad circuitry, right? Something but, I would look into probably. Yeah. You know, and, and then and then the one sixty six on the used market they go they go between one hundred and fifty and two fifty depending yeah. on right. You know, and, and, and I'm I would like to get a couple more channels of the one sixty A's, and those sell roughly about two fifty each. Yeah, you got a couple of those. Why would you go with those instead of the uh, the new five hundred series five sixties? They don't have a 500 series rack. That's fair. I don't want to currently invest in that. If I do buy a 500 series rack, I'm filling it with preamps. Okay. That's fair. So I'd, I like essentially I'm going to buy a eight channel rack, fill it with preamps. I don't want to buy an additional <laughs> X amount of channel <laughs> rack yeah. for compressors. Right. When I can just buy some, 19 inch units with a couple compressors or one compressor, depending on yeah. the unit. That that just makes more sense to me. Yeah, for sure. Um, and especially like a lot of the compressors I want all come in a 19 inch unit. Like I would love to get either the warm audio or some other companies, 1176, not really too interested in universal audios versions just because, a lot of money to invest in a compressor. Their clone version of clones. Right? Yeah. And I mean, the, yeah. the UA versions are considered really close to the originals anyway. Yeah, but there's, there, there's others that are considered closer. Sure. Right. I, like, I don't want to invest $3,000 into a single channel of compression. Right. Right. I've been, I've been really, when I have a plug-in that cost me 300 bucks that does the same thing. I've been really interested in the 
we over? We are. We totally follow are. our hosts on Twitter at Two Bodies of Water. You got that mic in a comfortable spot yet? I'm still working on it. At Joey R. Engineer. I can't even talk. I don't remember what my point was. This is a boring podcast. Um, I realize at the end of this, we didn't introduce ourselves. On to the internet you go. Go switch off.